0: You're listening to LanguageCaster's Summer Football Podcasts.
1: Yes, indeed, you are listening to LanguageCaster's Summer Podcasts. Hello, everybody. My name is Damien, and uh, welcome to our mini-series of podcasts that will be covering the European Championships. I'm here in Bangkok in Thailand, and hopefully my colleague Damon is there in Tokyo. Damon, how are you doing?
0: Hello, Damon. Yes, I'm in Tokyo. It's getting a little bit hot over here, but it's uh, not dampening my enthusiasm for getting back on air with Euro 2008. Uh, how about over there in Bangkok? Yeah, it's hot here in Bangkok, as you'd imagine, but also as the rainy season's upon us, We've
1: been getting lots of spectacular uh, thunder and lightning storms here, including one on Monday evening uh, straight after the uh, Thailand-Bahrain World Cup qualifying match, which probably was a reflection on the fact that Thailand lost yet again and have all but said goodbye to their World Cup chances. Right, Damon, so what have we got on today's show?
0: Well, today's show is a little bit shorter than our normal shows, but we still have our good, the bad, the ugly section. We're going to look at a few stories in the football world and of course, we're going to preview the Euro 2008, which kicks off tonight in Switzerland. Uh, English for football and some predictions. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, Damien, let's kick off
1: with your good. Yes, moving away from the European Championships for a moment and focusing on the Copa Libertadores, which was at the semi final stage, and it was very, very good for Brazilian side Fluminense and Ecuadorian side LDU Quito, as they made the Copa Libertadores final for the first time in each of their club's history. Fluminense, they came from behind to beat defending champions Boca Juniors from Argentina, while LDU Quito beat Mexican side America to become the first team from Ecuador to ever reach the final of this competition. Now, we'll be looking forward to that final in a later show. Damon, how about
0: you? Yeah, congratulations to Quito there, although there's a bit of controversy about the altitude in that game. But anyway, um, for me, it's good for uh, coaches. Do you remember uh, Mourinho? Do you remember that uh, coach? He was pretty popular at one time. Well, he's fi- he's finally got a job again. He's going to be the coach, uh, the manager at Internazionale in Serie A. And Eriksson, he's out of one job, of course, kicked out from uh, Manchester City. But he's going to be the coach of mexico another international side so uh, lots of bags of experience for uh, the swede there and mark hughes a promising uh, english well welsh manager i should say um has taken over the reins at manchester city so a uh, good for those uh, managers how about bad for you well it
1: hasn't been so good for one manager and that's inter's former boss roberto mancini who was fired last week to make way for Jose Mourinho, and that's despite winning three Italian titles in a row. That's, that's pretty harsh on him. How about you, Damon?
0: Well, of course, it's the Euro 2008 coming up, and uh, of course it's every player's dream to play in the World Cup or the championships in their continent if not their national team. So it's pretty bad for some players who are going to miss out with it by uh, injuries. Um, some some of the potential stars, there's uh, Hollands, uh, Barbo, uh, Cannavaro, Thomas Rosigy, and maybe even Vieira, uh, the French captain there. So it's never good to see players missing out of big tournaments through injury. Now, uh, ugly. One of the big rivalries is between uh, Poland and Germany, and there are some Polish tabloids who've been under fire recently, with a headline uh, that reads in English, off with their heads. Uh, And there's a picture of the uh, Polish coach who incidentally is a Dutchman holding uh, Balak's head and uh, Lowe's head. Uh, Of course, it's a, it's a Photoshop job. um, But of course, a lot of outcry about that. Pretty bad there. Damien, what about you? Nice story. Now, speaking of heads,
1: Barcelona and Cameroon star Samuel Eto'o has apologized after headbutting a journalist as his team prepared for an African World Cup qualifier against the Cape Verde Islands. Surely he can't have been too stressed about that game. But all in all, pretty ugly indeed.
0: Vous écoutez languagecaster.com.
1: Now, of course, the European Championships are starting this weekend in Austria and Switzerland, and so the language caster team decided to take a closer look at how the competition is being organised and, first of all, the history of the European Championship. How many different countries have won the World Cup? Well, when France won it in 1998, they became only the 7th country to do so in 18 tournaments. Now, how about the European Championships? Well, this is the 13th time that the competition has been held and remarkably there have been 9 different winners of the tournament in that time. Now, this may be due to the fact that the strongest teams focus more on the World Cup, but it may also have to do with the strength and depth of the European game. Germany are the most successful with three victories, the last of those wins coming in England in 1996. France are the only other side to have won it more than once, taking the trophy in spectacular style under the leadership of Michel Platini in 1984. They won it again in dramatic fashion in 2000 when David Trezeguet scored a last gasp winner against Italy to give them the double of Euro and world titles. Now the first winners of the tournament were the Soviet Union, who beat Yugoslavia in the final in 1960. At that stage, the competition comprised of only semi-final and final matches, and continued to do so until the 1980 version in Italy, which saw eight teams participate in group matches before the knockout stages. In 1996, the number of teams increased to 16, which has remained unchanged to the present day. current holders are Greece, who surprised everyone by winning in Portugal four years ago. But perhaps even that victory was not as remarkable as Denmark's win in 1992, for they had not even qualified for the tournament, entering as a last-minute replacement for Yugoslavia. Other teams that have won it include Italy, Yugoslavia, Czechoslovakia, Spain, and, thanks to Marco van Basten, Holland in 1988. So, with such strength in depth, Who is to say, with a tenth different name, won't be on the trophy at the end of June.
0: So, how about 2008? Well, 16 teams meet in four groups, two teams are hosts Switzerland and Austria. It's doubtful whether the Austrian team would have qualified, as most pundits agree. They're a woeful side, ranked 92nd by FIFA. This year, there are seven out of the top ten FIFA ranked teams taking part. Germany, Spain and Italy are the top three favourites, with Germany most people's pick. As Damien said, they've won it three times already. Can they make it a fourth? The group of death this time round is Group C with the last two world champions, France and Italy, joined by Holland and Romania, both teams that are no pushovers. Romania are the lowest-ranked team in that group at 12th spot, and they qualify top of their group above the Dutch team. France and Italy will not have an easy passage into the quarterfinals. So, two teams from each group go through to the last eight, and surely Germany will be one of them, as they are arguably the easiest group, Group B. The German team continues its run of easy groups this year, and it's difficult to see them slipping up, even if Poland will be desperate to beat them. And Croatia have proved that they're, they're there by merit by finishing ahead of England and Russia in their qualifying group. Austria, there too, well, um, I'm not sure. Group A has the Czech Republic, Portugal, Turkey and the other co host Switzerland. And in Group D, we have Spain, Russia, Greece, the holders, and Sweden. So it's time to start thinking about predictions. Dark horse for me is Russia. Winners, Spain. Flop is their neighbor, Portugal. And player to shine is Fernando Torres. And no, just because he plays for Liverpool doesn't mean I'm biased. How about you, Damien?
1: Now, Damon, I would never accuse you of being biased um, just slightly blinded by your love for Fernando Torres, that's all. Now, as for Dark Horses, I'm going to go for Croatia because I think they've got the easier half of the draw and I think they'll at least make the semi-finals. Now, for winners, I'm going to stay on that side of the draw. It's got to be Germany. I think this year's flops are going to be France. As for player of the tournament, well, if Damon's going to go for Liverpool's Fernando Torres, I'm going to go for Luka Modric of Tottenham and Croatia.
0: Okay. well next up we've got Damien with English for Football.
1: Today's English for Football phrase is underachievers, which we use to describe something or someone that fails to achieve or reach their potential. In football we use this expression when a player or team does not do as well as expected. Now This is the case with the Spanish national team, who have always produced a great number of talented players that raises expectations that they might win a championship. However, since 1964, the team have won nothing, despite being tipped to do so by many, hence the term underachievers. Yet again, many are tipping the Spaniards to do well, and they themselves are hoping to shake off this term of underachievers by going all the way in this month's European championships underachievers.
0: Thanks for that, Damien. Um, Yeah, underachievers. Uh, You could put England amongst the ranks of underachievers too, I suppose. Remember, everybody, we'll be here next Tuesday. We're going to have two podcasts every week during Euro 2008. Come along to the site and let us know what you think on Euro 2008. And uh, next up, Predictions. First off, we've got Switzerland, the co-host against the Czech Republic. Um, And I don't think the Swiss fans are going to be very happy after this game. I think the Czech Republic are going to beat Switzerland 3-1 here and leave the co hosts fans uh, in tears. Second game, Portugal against Turkey. I've already said I think Portugal are going to be the flops of the tournament, um, despite having arguably one of the best players in the world, Ronaldo, amongst them. And it's going to be 2-2. Turkey are going to come out and try to stamp their authority. Third game is perhaps the most interesting. Germany against Poland. Lots of history here. Of course, footballing history I'm talking about. Um, And I think, although I'd love Poland to win, I really would dearly love them to win. I think Germany are going to come out 2-1 winners. And then on paper, a really exciting game. Uh, the Dutch the uh, Holland they're the famous for their attacking flair throughout history um, against Italy uh, the world champions in the group of death as we've mentioned um, but I don't think it's going to be that exciting I think this is going to be a tight game a nervous game it's going to be 1-1 how about you Damien
1: right Damien let's get the disagreements out of the way early on Uh, You reckon the Czechs will beat the Swiss 3-1? I don't think so. I think the hosts will be fired up and I think they'll get at least a draw. This will finish 1-1. And as for Portugal-Turkey, I can only see one winner here. Turkey are too hot and cold and Portugal will be too good for them. It will be 2-0 to the Portuguese. Now as you mentioned, of course, there's a huge rivalry between the Germans and the Poles and I agree with you, I actually think Germany will be too good for them and they're going to win this one 2-0. And on Monday evening, in the group of death, we've got the Dutch against the Italians and I'm going to go for a Luca Toni-inspired Italian 2-0 victory. Enjoy all the football this weekend, and
0: we'll see you on Tuesday. Goodbye. Tune in again on Tuesday. Enjoy the football. See ya.